Hello and welcome to the Collecting Hero Podcast. I'm your host JD, the Collector of Collectors, and this is the show where I interview pop culture collectors from around the world. Today, I decided to shoot for the stars and land on the moon with my next guest. Her name is Age. She's from America. She is a Sailor Moon collector. Age, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, JD. I am so excited to dive right into the, I'll shoot for the stars too. Let's go. <laughs> I try I try to get like a clever sort of um, segue in at the, at the start of the episodes. And I wasn't sure where to go with it uh, being Sailor Moon, because as I said to you before we started recording, this is something where I'm actually stepping outside of my comfort zone now. A lot of the guests that I've had on the show, I'm familiar with the source material. I've watched the movies. I, I, in some cases, I've read the comics, whatever it be. Whereas Sailor Moon, I'm not really aware uh, of, of the character. I mean, I actually know who the character is. I've seen the character, but I've never really watched the TV show. Give me a quick rundown about Sailor Moon. Like, if you had to do the elevator pitch for someone of what is Sailor Moon and what makes Sailor Moon cool, how would you go about that? Yeah, so Sailor Moon started in 1992. It was a hit. Essentially, they took a magical girl show geared towards women, but they added a little flavor of Power Rangers, and we know how popular Power Rangers was in the 90s. So you had one character to identify with, you know, every personality came out. The show was an absolute hit worldwide. The fact that you don't know about it, but you're still interviewing me is like amazing. Yeah. Um, it's also more popular in 2022 than I think it's ever been. Gen Z has really adopted the kind of 90s aesthetic, all these 90s things. So Sailor Moon is alive and well, but essentially she's a girl, talks to a cat, saves the world, falls in love. And I think the the love part is what made it special for us kids in America. We didn't have romance on TV. Yeah, and uh, the cat, Luna, is that right? That's right. I did learn something before I came on here as well. Went and looked on uh, Amazon. It was the only place where they actually had the full seasons. That I, and for whatever reason, the purchase would, it just, the app would not load the season. And so I wasn't able to watch it. But I did um, do like a quick YouTube video of who is Sailor Moon, like describing it, mentioned about the cat. Uh, she saves the cat at the very start of the show. That's the, literally the opening sequence, I think. She saves the cat from being bashed by some other kids, essentially, or something along those lines. Is that correct? Yeah, what's great about the character is she's extremely flawed, clumsy, not good at school, but she has a good heart. Like um, in that first episode, she sees an injured cat, says, hey, go away, kids, and pulls off a little Band-Aid that's covering this beautiful moon on her forehead. And uh-huh. that's how we ended up in this. Nice, nice. So Sailor, she is part of a group, like when you talk about the Power Rangers, because there's all these other different, is it Sailor, Venus, and all like Jupiter, and all the other different planets, correct? Yeah, you've got every planet, including Pluto. I, I know people don't like to say Pluto's a planet, but the Sailor Moon <laughs> fandom is very adamant it is a planet. Uh, yeah, we got nine, well, actually, it's, it's interesting that you bring up what are they called. Um, in Japanese, they're the Sailor Senshi, that's soldier in Japanese. Yeah. And in English, for a very long time, they were the Sailor Scouts. Um, that was in the, the first dub. And then now, internationally, the author has requested to only refer to them as Sailor Guardians. Um, it's, it, it's tough. It's tough to change Sailor Senshi that you've been saying for 20 years. Yeah. And then I got to say guardians now. No, I don't, I don't <laughs> Sailor Senshi, but essentially they're, they're the scouts. They're the team 
they're amazing. They're, they're all powerful in different ways. Um, I won't, I won't take up too much time with the specifics, but one of them's even psychic. Well, perfect. I mean, like we have superheroes with all sorts of powers, right? So, I mean, it's the same sort of thing. If you're going to give them powers, why, why not make one psychic, right? Yeah, they're like the Avengers. One controls time. One can like restart the earth. I mean, they get really outlandish, but even like in daily life, one of them's like straight up a psychic. It's like a whole thing. Um, but it's it's like, um, do you remember Captain Planet? I do. He's it's very hero. much like Captain Planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's the fire one, the water one. There's like a plant one. There's an earth one. I, I should have really said Sailor Moon is like Captain Planet and left it at that. <laughs> well, I mean, showing my age, Captain Planet came out when I was a teenager. But I, I noticed uh, on your video, your room tour video, um, because you, you have a great YouTube channel where you actually review all the different products that you have and statues in your collection as well, that you mentioned that you've been collecting since 1995. So tell me a little bit what one of the questions I always usually start the podcast off is, how did you become a fan of Sailor Moon, though? And, and, and how did you start collecting? Yeah, so it's it's a two-part question because I was seven years old. Um, I was the target age group, the perfect age group. My mom came home from Toys R Us one day with a box. It was a box of shoes and it had this colorful artwork on it. Um, now I know Sailor Venus was on the side, Sailor Moon was on the top. And she came home and she said, the guy at the Toys R Us said, this show is coming to the United States and it's to taken over the world. It's taken over Japan. It's going to be huge. But I didn't see the show for maybe another year. Um, when it came out in 95. Um, so like the toys were coming out and then the show was coming out. Um, and when I finally caught it, it was like seven in the morning, some ungodly time on a Saturday morning. <laughs> um, and it was so like moody. There were watercolor backgrounds. There was like a boy and she was interested in him. But for me, the first thing I had was those shoes. Um, and I still have the box. It's super beat up. Um, the shoes I gave to Goodwill, you know, like a normal kid, you give uh, these toys away not knowing. Fit anymore, I'm sure. No, they were like, they were <laughs> like the size of my hand. I I was seven, you know, that's like a size two. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> and so you had the shoes as your first item, uh, and then you obviously loved the show. Did you start collecting a lot of items as a kid? Was it were you one of those kids that had to have every Sailor Moon item? I did, but there were only five. Uh, like of anything made there was um there was a moonstick wand that's the classic one where she has the crescent moon you'll see it everywhere yeah um and maybe maybe about four others including some toys that weren't even in the show there was a moon cycle and I, i'm pretty sure we're going to talk about that um because it was like a non sailor moon was not popular when it came out it went straight into syndication they like rerun re-ran re 69 episodes like 10 times on 10 different networks <laughs> there were really only about five toys i did have them but there were only five. Oh, but you know, you had them that was the main thing you had you had all the what was available i do remember the ones only because i have um younger sisters who are around just, just under your age. And I remember them actually having the wands within their own toys as well. I don't remember if they were huge Sailor Moon fans themselves, but they definitely, uh, you know, they definitely had the wands. I remember seeing those. So I'm very, I'm actually familiar. And when I saw your room tour and I saw the ones, I was like, I've seen those before. I know those. Like, and it, it all sort of clicked. 
so let's talk like about your memory your, unlock yeah it was it was let's talk about your collection though because you had those original items and now you've transitioned from them only having five items to 20 almost 20 years later where you have uh, I, I want to say a million items but quite a few i've seen in your room tour and you said that it actually exploded in 2022 it's probably at its most uh popular it's ever been so how has that transition for you been as a collector with those items when was it you really started to see all of the statues becoming available and you really started stocking up i love this question this is this is a hot topic in my brain. Um, so Sailor Moon, in terms of licensing in North America, most of the licenses expired in 2003. So that's DVDs, oh. toys, they all expired. So even Walmart, um, which is huge, yeah. Walmart had Sailor Moon toys because it kind of went from this 1995 where no one was watching it, they reran it forever, and then it hit the Cartoon Network. And in 2000, they brought back the, not the last two seasons, but two seasons that were never shown. They brought them over to the United States. They ran a bunch of toys. They were in Walmart. And then from one day to the next, gone. Completely gone. You couldn't buy any of it. Hmm. Um, that was 2003. And it took until, I want to say, 2013 for, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Bandai SH Figure Arts line. I am. There's actually a series of um, Batman characters that they do in the Bandai. Excellent. So there's a, these great articulated toys. The first toy that came out after 10 years for us was an SH Figure Arts of Sailor Moon. And the oh reason my. I'm so, I know I hate those toys. <laughs> I hate them. But I bought like three. I was like, this is the first Sailor Moon toy in a decade. You don't understand. And now I'm just sitting here with like 40 of them just going, oh, I lost the hands. I lost the heads. Forget it. But being articulated, that would have been so much different to the standard toy from the 90s as well. It really was. And it was so cool. And from from 2013, to now, it's been almost nonstop. We have almost every line that Bandai creates. They've made these beautiful Sailor Moon toys. And even the fans are making unlicensed, bootleg, this is a dirty word, beautiful resin figures that I would have never seen in the 90s. Absol absolutely not. Um, this year, there was a Vans collab. I have the box right over there. Nice. Um, they came out with like 18 styles of shoes of just Sailor Moon. And it's really that that Gen Z wave, like I'm a millennial, I don't care about Gen Z, but yeah. I love Gen Z because they made this popular again. Yeah, nice. I, I'm sort of on the cusp of uh, Gen X and millennial as well. And I've seen a lot of this stuff evolve with pop culture. We were talking about this prior to recording, like how much the pop culture scene has grown, expanded and just like it's everywhere and you've got all these streaming services with a million different tv shows we were talking about that like earlier all the different tv shows we're trying to catch up on at the moment and yeah it's, it's great seeing all these items coming out i mean this is a huge anime it is anime right i am right in saying that it is technically an anime show right yes. um and anime has i've seen how huge and popular that's just become over years um, to the point where they've got anime festivals and everything in the U.S. as well. Do you tend to go to those as well? 
I used to. Um, I, I love conventions more than anything else. Um, when people ask me, what is anime culture in America? Because we didn't have a culture until maybe the last five years when it really blew up. Mm. Um, one of the people pushing for it was actually Michael B. Jordan coming out and saying, I oh, love okay. anime. Nice. I know. It's like all these things are all connected. It's like he was famous. He said, I love anime. And I guess people started to invest. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought there. But <laughs> anime culture, yeah, anime culture in America is essentially con culture. It is really the only place we could have ever met prior to the internet, and even after the internet, um, you you only see th you see things at cons you would never see in real life. <laughs> um, just people doing the little cat dance and all these things. Everybody yeah. knows what I'm talking about. But it's it's intrinsically connected in America. Con culture and anime culture is the only anime culture because otherwise we're sitting in our room looking at our computer completely separated from each other. Mm. Um, I love conventions. I love cosplay. COVID really messed me up with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I still haven't it. been to one. Well, like, uh, I, I used to go like every, every month and then. No. I've told, I've told this story on, on other podcasts and I, I guess I'll, I'll probably complain about it again, but I was supposed to be at San Diego comic-con in 2020. And unfortunately due to COVID, that got canceled, my trips got canceled. And uh, just due to timing this year, I wasn't able to go, even though my tickets had rolled over. So I wasn't able to attend. And that was supposed to be my first San Diego Comic-Con because I love conventions as well. There's a convention that happens in Sydney and, and Tours Australia called Supernova, which is like a mini sort of Comic-Con for the Australian version. And uh, it, it's great. I love going there. I love seeing all the stands. I love seeing everyone in cosplay. And it's just this massive gathering of people sharing in fandom one of the reasons i do this podcast is to try and share in the fandom with with other collectors and, and other pop culture enthusiasts as well because i really think this is something we should all just be promoting positivity and 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 really coming together as much as we can going back to to the show as well you and i were talking about the fact that uh, the show actually had an american pilot that's just there's a new article that's just come out 1994 they tried to make an american pilot which apparently is not great <laughs> it's very badly put together and and obviously a good thing that it didn't go ahead yeah I'll, I'll give you the spark notes essentially um back to power rangers always back to power rangers um they they had two decisions to make in america it was do we make our own show and try to emulate power rangers or do we just dub this japanese thing and kind of hope kids are okay with anime, which is just a different art form in general. Yeah. Um, so this pilot, it was leaked on the internet. It was on YouTube. It was like a, a video from the 90s. It was all shaky and blurry, but you always heard this earworm, which was the sailor, sailor, and you're just like, dear God, thank God this didn't come to America. But there was always that little piece of, but, but what if? And does the pilot exist? Was it just this little music video we saw? And we found out not, what, three days ago? It was super recent. It was in the Library of Congress. Yeah, I, I read that in the article, Library of Congress. So they, obviously, whenever they make these things, that information just gets sort of put into this vault whenever anything's created. I, I wonder what other shows and things have been <laughs> sort of pieced together and Frankenstein. Apparently, apparently a lot. Uh, I heard on Twitter just today that there was apparently an English dub of an anime called Candy Candy. It was really popular in Mexico. Um, never, I swear it never came to the United States, 
But lo and behold, today they're saying that, yeah, there's an English dub and it's also in the Library of Congress. Like, I feel like Nick Cage in National Treasure, like, let's go steal the Declaration <laughs> of Independence. Let's go steal the English dub of this girl's anime. Oh, you know, you've just completely, again, you've, you've flashed my mind back to when I was a child, probably not, not much older than when, when you got into Sailor Moon. I don't know if it, it classes as anime, but it was, it was a similar style of animation. City of Gold, talking about Mexico or well, South America, there, there was a, a I'm, I'm sure it was called City of Gold. I'm, I may be wrong about that. But it was basically like the Aztec or Mayan style uh, civilization, and these people were discovered. I, I remember watching that as a kid. I don't remember much about the show, but that just flashed back in my memory. But your eyes just lit up when I said that. I think you may know what I'm talking about. What you're talking about has one of the most amazing theme songs. But I, too, I think it's also called City of Gold or something, but the theme song is an absolute banger yeah and i'll find it on youtube i'll you know you can link it in your video i mean in your podcast because i will i will i'll have to i'll have to find that and definitely put it in there for people right but yeah you just completely that's all i'm, I'm now uh, sitting in nostalgia land my brain's just sitting in that place um You'll i remember it. As, as a kid like actually having the candy I, I i am i'm literally like i'm having this whole flashback memory wow <laughs> another show actually talking about um shows that have sort of been smashed together and, and overdubbed. There was another show that I watched as a kid called Robotech, um, which from I, I only just learnt uh, in the last couple of years was actually an amalgamation of a couple different space and kaiju or what type shows I think it was like that they put together. So Robotech didn't actually happen in Japan. It was a it was a purely Western Westernized show. And you're nodding, so you're. I know a little exactly about that. About. Yeah. I know a little about that. That was in Japan. In Japan, it was called um, Macross or like Super Macross, something like that. You might have heard of Macross Plus, which was like a CGI anime from like '93 or '94. What what they did was essentially they did they did like Power Rangers when they took all these different ones and said, oh, they're the same show. It's like a, just a different season with a different team. <laughs> and in America and Robotech, when people would die. Um, they wouldn't die. They just go off camera and never come back. And they're like, oh yeah, you went to back home on the colony. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Uh, well, I'll know, like if anyone I know passes away, I'll just, I'll tell people they went back home, they're back to the colony. That'll be the yeah, new thing. The space colony, <laughs> they're <a> space colony. <laughs> wow. Now all the memories, all the memories are flashing back. Oh, and for all starting from a discussion about a show that I really don't know all that much about. But let's go back to, again. I, I'll circle back as sort of sidetracking, but I do love all the geeking out about all these different things. Your collection. So you've been collecting for years. You've obviously like expanded a lot in, you know, the last decade or so as well. I went, I've actually went to Japan in 2019 um and i went to a place called nakano broadway which is in tokyo is, is is absolutely famous for the amount of toy stores and everything do you go to japan like being such a fan of anime yourself have you traveled to japan much yourself and and do a lot of your pieces come from there as well yeah they do um i went to japan one time also in 2019 oh, nice. um it was the only time i got to go thank goodness um and in Nakano Broadway is incredible. You you see things that you would never see anywhere else, and they're all like ten thousand dollars. But 
at least you saw it. Um, there's extremely rare, extremely, extremely rare Sailor Moon things there that you'll see them year over year. No one buys them. They are $10,000. Well, uh -oh. Um, but yeah, Japan is incredible. They, they see a box, like a, a toy comes in a, in a box, right? Mm -hmm. If it has one scratch or one dent, if to them it's worthless, they're like, here, mm -hmm. it's 500 yen. It's $5 because the box is awful. And you're looking at it like. It's perfect for you okay. who has like things on display. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like, I don't, I don't care about the boxes. Th th this all behind me is all for show. I take everything out of the box. I no. do keep the boxes. Yes. Yeah, but in Japan, it's you can save so much money. It's nuts. And but you paid thousands of dollars to be there, so it all yeah. it all balances out. I actually have. Uh, I don't have it with me here off camera. Otherwise, I'd show it to you. But I do have a Batmobile um, that I bought when I was there because I was looking through. I'm like, oh, there's these toy stores. I actually found a kind of Broadway because of another video of um i was watching collection videos and they had uh, one of the stores there one of the vendors there actually had a whole heap of old japanese batman collectibles from like the 60s and, and 70s and i was like oh, i've got to find this guy's store and unfortunately i don't think his store was open when i was there but i did manage to find another store that had some really cool pieces in it and i ended up buying uh one of those uh, like the plastic um kits that you can put together a Batmobile and it was 2000 yen. So not much, about wow. $20. Um, but it was a, from actual 1989, still wrapped, like still sealed. And that came home with me. That was my one little fantastic item for the collection that I got from Japan that I brought home with me. That's so cool. And let me set the scene really quick for, for the people listening. Nakano Broadway, when you said that the guy's store was closed, these stores are tiny little stalls uh -huh. in a dimly lit long hallway situation. Uh -huh. Like yeah. they'll just close, you know, they're not permanently closed. No. You just don't know when they're going to open. This place <laughs> is bizarre. I love it. It's bizarre though. It's about three or four levels too. It's huge. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I mean, like, yeah, like you said, like these dimly lit hallways and everything like that. I found there was a store there that was, um, it had a heap of like uh, metal and rock albums and stuff as well. And I've got a friend of mine who's into the, the band Baby Metal. And so I bought him a CD of, of theirs so that he could have one of the actual proper Japanese versions of the CDs that I took home for him. Um, but yeah, that you can, if, if you love it, and it's part of Japanese culture and anime and everything, you will find it in the stores there. There was also some very risque stuff as well, I guess. That kind of goes hand in hand. With, That's Japan. With, with That's that. like going to a – do you remember going to a video store in the 90s looking for anime, and then you'd end up in the hentai section, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's just it, – that's just how it is. They, they're holding hands, hentai and anime, you can't it. escape. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> With your collection as well, because you have all your statues and, and I've referred a couple of times now to your YouTube channel and, and the video, your, your room tour, you mentioned in the room tour that you're, you were moving the collection as well. How's that going and proceeding at the moment? Yeah, it's pretty tough. Um, so it's, it's a very poorly kept secret that my Sailor Moon room is at my parents' house. It's my room when I moved out. I got married, I left, but I was like, you know, I, I kind of rent and I move around. So I don't want to, I don't want to move this. Is that cool? So I, I was pretty lucky and privileged to be an only child. Um, <laughs> so finally, I finally, in this market, I finally bought a house. 
a permanent house that I can live in. And the move is a nightmare. I'll tell you. you. I'm trying to like package things. Okay. I'll give you some tips that I've learned the difficult way. This is good. If you do keep, yeah. If you do keep the boxes, um, just pack your figures in the original box. There's no point getting paper. Just put in the original box. I know it sounds like a pain in the butt, but it is the best way to protect your toys. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I need to take my own advice because I my own advice because I drove with this in the passenger seat. It's my Sume. That's a six hundred dollar <laughs> toy. That one I did not put back in the box. But and for people listening, do as I say. It, it's um the the, the statue looks very fragile <laughs> it has a lot lot of lot of pieces that look like they could easily be knocked off um but it made it in one one go i drove very slowly like an old lady <laughs> perfect perfect were you surprised when you were packing everything up about how much you had like i mean you obviously knew when i you wish i could say yes no, you know how I know how much I have? It's all the YouTube videos. Like YouTube YouTube is not my do- my job. You know, I have a day job, but I love I love sharing my collection and what I do and like kind of like just informing people like how do you get these amazing toys? Cuz what happens is the Japanese are savages, okay? They'll be like, "Here's a toy, but we're only making 2000 of it. We're just not telling anybody." That happened with like the Sailor Pluto SH oh. figure art. It was like the the figure art zero. It was like you had to pre-order it to get it and they never made any more. Oh. Um but they don't tell you that. <laughs> so How I kind of like to get out? the word out. Oh, like you have How to be we... in Japan to find out. <laughs> no, you find out when suddenly a $90 toy is $400 and you don't know why. <laughs> um that's the only way. <laughs> So because of that, I like to share this knowledge, but it's not my day job. So sometimes I'll be like, yes, I got a toy and oh, I got a film. Okay, let's go. So (laughs) I am painfully aware of how many toys I have. I don't want to get too negative. You know, this is all positivity, but like, you know, doing a podcast, doing YouTube, it's work. Um, And you really have to love what you do. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And how many videos do you have on your channel at the moment then? Do you know? I'll take a guess. Um, I feel like it's 300. I'll find out if I'm right after okay. this. I, I mean, that's that's quite a few. And you haven't reviewed everything, like you said in your video. You've still got stuff to, to get to as well. No, I, I'm a criminal. I, I, I posted in my last video a month ago. Uh, but, look, you know, moving. Eh. Like you said, I mean, look, life happens. Exactly. It's not your day job. YouTube is not your day job. You know, it is a hobby that you do on the side. And this is like something that takes time, takes work. I mean, I record these podcasts, I go back and I edit them later and then I have to, you know, put them out and online as well. It all takes time and it is dedication. That's one of the things like uh, with podcasts, they fail and same things with YouTube channels. You know, they fail usually within the first year because most people, they go, oh, this sounds like fun. We'll, we'll do this. And then they realize, oh, hang on. This actually takes a little bit of effort. This is not as fun as I thought it was going to be. But if you're really passionate about something, then it makes it a lot a lot easier to do. And that's, I am passionate about collecting. I am passionate about talking to people about their collections as well. Yeah, I tell everybody, I'm like, be an influencer. Just try. It's not that hard. <laughs> Eventually, like, if you build it, they will come. Yes. Um, yes. So I don't know. I, I love it, but painfully aware of how many things I own. 
on the positive side of that, how would you how would you say your YouTube channel has helped your collection? Um, have you made a lot of lot more connections with people around the world? Have you got any items through those connections that you may not have had previously? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I think the Sailor Moon fandom is incredibly tight. Um, almost everybody knows each other. Um, as many millions of people there are, there's kind of a couple voices that are a little stronger than others. And I've had people reach out and say, "I'm moving." I don't really want this stuff. I know it'll be safe with you. Will you take it? And I absolutely will. Um, and, you know, people are very giving, um, especially if they're like, I'd love to see it in a video, you know, put it in the background. It's it's rewarding too, um, in a sense where you feel like you're all part of a community. Like the YouTube channel is not just me, it's people in the comments. It's like yeah. the suggestions I receive. Yeah. And the YouTube channel didn't just help me with that, like finding people who would perhaps sell me a very hard to find toy, like Sailor, Sailor Hime, another Sailor Moon YouTuber, um, she sold me this incredibly rare Sailor Jupiter and I would have never found her otherwise. It's also helped me in my career. Um, believe it or not, I, I was a social media manager and the only way I got into that was by showing my YouTube video as part of my LinkedIn. Oh, cool. Um, so, I mean, this is all extremely helpful. That's why I tell people, be an influencer. It's a real job. Um, and there's other people who are just paid to find you. So I, I, I cannot stress how important YouTube has been for my personal growth, um, especially like making the community really feel concrete and real to me. I love that. I've found that the collecting community as well, since I've been a part of that, you know, some of the collectors that I, I talked with regularly on Instagram and, you know, everyone who's been on the show so far have all been very accommodating and just, it's like open arms. Like everyone wants to, to share in their love and passions with other, other like-minded people. And that's so great that you found your community to do that as well. Yeah, I think it's awesome. It's like show and tell in kindergarten, but it never ended. Um, that was my that was my favorite activity in school, if you can't tell. Um, but it's true. I mean, it's it's a tightly knit community um, in terms of Sailor Moon, Batman. Um, my husband collects One Piece. I was about um, to ask, actually, if your husband's a, a collector as well. Oh, I would have never married him if not. Um, well, let me go back. He was not a collector when I met him, but he did like anime. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. That helps. It does. It does. And you have to also know, like, where do I get these toys? That's that's kind of the issue, right? Like, you don't know. If you don't have a local comic shop and Amazon's kind of, okay, I don't know if this is the real item or not. Like, most people don't have the right resources um, and they just have to find them. Like, Mandarake. Oh my God, Mandarake has changed my life. I don't know if you use it, but that's the that store. Well, oh that gosh, okay. It's spelled M-A-N-D-A-R-A-K-E. And they sell used anime toys. Um, they also okay. ship internationally. And that's the store that's in Nakano Broadway. Oh, nice, nice. Well, tie yeah. it all back, perfect. Well, this is great. I, I love that someone can learn something. Hopefully there's an anime person listening to it who may learn something and, and find something that they want via, uh, I, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it actually, like, sorry, because I think I'll butcher it. Say, say the name again. Mandarake. Mandarake. Uh, I'm actually starting to learn Japanese in my spare time because I, I want to go back to Japan. I loved it so much. Have you been learning a lot of Japanese? Is, is that something you've done as well, watching a lot of anime? 
Yeah, I used to watch anime really passively, you know, just reading the subtitles, absorbing the story. Um, but over time, it's become, you know, a little hobby. Like, let me hear keywords, words that I associate with like a certain translation. Um, it's not a science, but I, I find I, I know things now. I know things I didn't know before. And it's so cool. Japanese is a crazy language. Um, so many different, you know, the honorifics and how to be polite, mm -hmm. um, that mm -hmm. stuff you really, as a Westerner, we, we certainly don't have that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a challenge, but I think, I mean, I just think Japan is so cool. It is. I, as, as I said, I, I'm, I'm learning language because I want to go back and, um, and just learning a few phrases before I traveled there before just the people there were so much more appreciative when I was actually trying to communicate with them. Um, even though they knew I probably couldn't say a lot more than one or two phrases. It, it at least sort of helped to bridge the gap a little bit and get them engaged in helping. And, and most of the people I encountered in Japan were super helpful as well. Um, and super, friendly. what was your, what was your most helpful phrase or word? Oh, geez. I'm trying to remember now. I mean, sumimasen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just saying, just saying, excuse me, or I'm sorry, kind of, but, but like trying to get someone's, uh, attention. Uh, that was one of the things I, I'm trying to remember what the actual, a lot of, I can't remember the phrase, but my girlfriend, uh, because we're, we're huge foodies as well. We love uh, food culture. And that's one of the things we did while we were there is we went to a lot of different places. There was only one phrase that she learned. And I don't even remember the phrase off the top of my head now either. Um, but it essentially translates to what do you recommend? And when we were in the different places, like food places, she would ask and if whatever they pointed to on the menu, we would, we would try it. And we actually had some fantastic meals by doing that. Oh, well, that's a good tip. I'm going to remember that for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm going to learn that too. <laughs> do you find, do you find that that helped you when you traveled knowing some of those key phrases when you were traveling around as well? Yeah, sumimasen for me was so helpful, but also daijobu, which means it's okay. Yes, it's okay. Or yeah. it could also be a question. It could be a question or an answer. Uh -huh. So, uh -huh. you know, I uh, unfortunately, the moment I arrived and got out of the airport, I dropped all of my luggage, just fell over. And all these Japanese women all at once, oh, like shocked. They're so cute. <laughs> um, and I remember I was like, daijobu please don't look at me. Daijobu, daijobu. Oh God. Um, yeah. Sumimasen though. That's, that's number one. Yeah. Well, H, I've had a fantastic time talking to you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I mean, look, we've, we've spoken about Sailor Moon. We've, we've gone off on tangents. We've spoken about anime Japan, the, the show, uh, everything. I, I think this has been a really great conversation. I really enjoyed talking to you. So before you go, as always, I get people to plug their um, Instagrams and, and socials, whatever. Obviously, you've got the YouTube page that we've been speaking about. So let people know, where can they find Sailor Tortilla? Sure. You can find me on YouTube as Sailor Tortilla. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I try to cover all my bases. If I forgot one, let me know. But no, thank you so much. This has been an awesome conversation. I would love to come back. Maybe when you watch Sailor Moon, we could talk about it. It would be so cool. I'm like literally inviting myself. <laughs> I, 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 I tell you what, because I, I sort of every episode I have, try, I try and have a, a bit of a different guest. And, and um, I, I may eventually in seasons to come may do that. But if you're interested, I would love to watch a couple of episodes and come and, and even be on your YouTube and actually have an episode yes. of like, 
Come on by. Dumb Aussie man tries to watch Sailor Moon or something. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I will put out the word and let's <laughs> let's get something out there. For yeah. real. For real. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. We'll talk about it. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you so much. And thanks again. This has been awesome. If you liked the episode, please consider following or subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also join me on Instagram at Collecting Heroes, where you can see photos of the collections of the people that I'm talking to, as well as some of my own.